Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. And welcome back to our special on creating holiday memories. I'm Megan Francis here again with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. So this is part three of a three-part series. And if you can count, that means we are at the last one. <laughs> it's gone so fast. <laughs> it's gone so fast. But if you didn't catch the first couple episodes, you might want to start with the first one and then listen to number two and then, and then pop back over here to continue with us because they are sort of, chrono- not exactly chronological, but they're sort of emerging. They're like following a theme. We have been peeling back layers of a holiday yes. onion. <laughs> Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yes, it's been really fun. It's just we've been here every day with you in your feed this week. I love it. So on Wednesday, we talked about noticing the little things that matter during the holidays. And then yesterday, we moved on to kind of talking about appreciating those moments and really cultivating kind of a gratitude practice around them. And today we're talking about actually capturing those moments that we notice and appreciate. And this is a big one for me because the longer I've been a mom, the more I realize that the reality I'm experiencing with my kids right now, this holiday season is going to change. And Mm. I always think I'm going to remember it just like it was. Um, but I am realizing that that is not true. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then weirdly at the same time, it also feels kind of harder to capture things because life is just moving really fast with bigger kids. Yeah. So I think this is something I think about a lot and I love photography and that's one way to capture memories. So I'm excited to talk about this. We've talked about this before um, recently in that when things do change a lot with older kids and one of the things that changes is it feels really weird to pull your phone out mm-hmm. and capture a moment with a kid who's more your equal. Mm-hmm. Like it's one thing when they're little and they're just sitting on the floor playing and you're like, this moment is so adorable. I'm just going to take a picture of it. It's way different when you're engaged in a conversation with them and you're thinking this moment's really special. You're not going to take a photo of it. So, so documenting and capturing becomes, does become different and can start to feel a little more sparse as they get older. I think that's totally true. Um, And also we are going to talk about taking photos today and video, but just a thought that capturing memories can take many forms. Um, Sometimes I think we see a lot of the perfect end product. So somebody's beautiful Instagram feed or somebody who kills it at, you know, little video documentation of their kids. And it can stop us from just doing doing whatever feels natural to us to capture that moment. There are so many different ways. I mean, I really kind of look back and I always wished I had a way to write down the funny or cute things that my kids said or their milestones. And I looking back, I really never got it together because I was focused on like a perfect solution when really like a notes file on my phone or like a journal by my bedside would have totally done the trick. And of course, you know, I've got lots of, I have Twitter. I did tweet a lot, Um, but I I wish I'd gotten over that, honestly. Well, and what's funny about me is I think I'm the opposite. I, I tend to think of myself as someone who's not good at capturing the moments. 
I'm actually great at capturing them, but I don't take the next step and organize Mm. or publish, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which can make it start feeling like it never happened. Like I captured it, but where is it? You know? And so I think we're kind of like on the opposite um, ends of the spectrum there. And so I know you've got a lot of great ideas about capturing and then what you do Mm -hmm. with that stuff. And I even going back now, there's still room for me to go back through my archives and find ways to bring that stuff back to light. So I'm excited about this episode. Okay, so we have a lot to get to in a short time. But first up, let's welcome back our sponsor for this series, Chatbooks. Yes, Chatbooks is one way I love to preserve photo memories because it is so easy and it's so affordable. It kind of removes that perfectionist streak I was talking about. I use Chatbooks a lot for gifts, but the way I use it for myself is I make one book per year. And the only criteria I have for the photos that make it into that book is that they're of just the five of us or some combination thereof. So in my Chatbooks, when I make our yearly ones, there's no friends or grandparents or cousins that make it into the books. Every photo is just of one or more of our little nuclear family. That really helps me curate it down. I know that's something we're going to talk about in this episode. Some of the photos that make it into the book are great, and I feel really proud of them from a photographer perspective. But a lot of them are just everyday slices of life. And I don't caption them or do anything fancy with the layout. I just capture the year in around 40 to 50 images and make a chat book. I can't tell you how often my kids get out the little books and kind of look through them and talk about what they remember about that year. And so it's it works for me. I love it because it, it solves the problem for you, which is the perfectionist streak. And Chatbook solves the problem for me, which is it's too hard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it like it meets in the middle. Yes. It solves both problems. So for me, it's um, we've made Chatbooks the last few years as holiday gifts for family members and just to have at the house. And it's like so simple that it just makes me want to just go back in time and yes. do all of the years. Yeah. OK, so you mentioned making them for your kids to look at. But do you ever worry that your kids looking at them all the time is going to wreck the books or smudge the pages? Well, that's what's so great. They're saved in my Chatbooks app, so I could always reorder it if that ever happened. And they're so reasonably priced that, it, you know, it would be fine to do that. But actually, just earlier this year, I saw Chatbooks promote their toddler guarantee where, get this, if your toddler loves their Chatbook a little too much, you can send in a photo of how it got ruined. And I'm picturing like, you know, SpaghettiOs oh on the Chatbook, like yep. ripped up or cut up with scissors, and they will rip place it for free. So they get it. I love that. I love that. And there your toddler will love it. Yeah. They will they love looking at photos. Yes. Um and we want those memories preserved, but we also want them to be enjoyed. Like we don't want the stuff up on a shelf forever. Yes. And this makes me think you could even create books specifically for little hands. Um like a photo book for a preschooler with pictures of them and their cousins. Yeah, kids love that stuff. Yes, they do. So many possibilities. And Chatbooks is running some amazing sales this holiday season you're going to want to check out. So get started by downloading the app. It's free to download and just make your first book. And then you'll be ready to jump when the photo books are 20% off and holiday cards are 40% off starting November 25th. I can just see you in there, Sarah, making all the books and then getting all the deals and feeling like such a winner. And I will probably be like at the 11th hour throwing my books together. But you know what? (laughs) But you'll be doing the express shipping and you'll still get yours in time for Christmas. So exactly because December 17th is the cutoff and I can pull that off. (laughs) So December 17th is my day. Yep. So again, everybody just download the Chatbooks app or head to chatbooks.com to get started. And thanks to Chatbooks for sponsoring this series. All right, we're going to get into talking about capturing memories during the holidays, but I want to ask kind of a setup question here because I think this is foundational. So, Megan, when you think about holiday memories from your past, maybe 15 or 20 years ago when your first babies were really tiny, but even to your own child 30 plus years ago, what are the tangible ways that those memories exist today? Like, I know they're in your head and you could tell me what the memories are, but what are the other, what form do they take? Um, other than in your head? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, if I'm going back 30 years to where I, when I was like 12 years old, um, it would be things like the same, like making the same cookies every year. I don't actually have a lot of decor left over from when I was a kid. My sister has some of it, so I'll see it when I'm at her house. I should steal some of it, right? Yeah. Like just because she's the oldest doesn't mean she gets to keep it all. Um, but <laughs> I think there's photos, definitely photos. There's certain books I would read every year, but they're not always the exact, they're not always the same um, copy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not working off the literally the same recipes I was working off. It's kind of like, I remember that I always make this one thing and sometimes I have to get, go look it up someplace mm-hmm. and it's been turned into an email and passed around the family or it's a photo, but like, some of the photos are in my brother's photo collections. So I have to go over there and look. And sometimes it's a book that I loved at Christmas, but I now I read it on my Kindle. So mm-hmm. those things over time, sometimes it's more about like the essence of the thing mm-hmm. than the thing itself. I do have a lot of my mom and dad's actual holiday records, which I listen to, but some of them are getting old and scratchy. And yeah. so sometimes I listen to the version of that record that exists on Spotify. Yeah. Um, so the thing becomes, yeah, like the essence of the thing. I love that. More so than the thing. Well, yeah. and what I guess what I'm hearing is that there is often some kind of tangible trigger or right. um, like manifestation, but it's really not about that thing itself. Um, right. And so, but but yet you still kind of need those things to um, bring those memories to life. Otherwise yep. they are in your head. And even if all it is, is oral storytelling, we're going to talk about yep. that and kind of how, how we capture memories through storytelling too. So for me in my house, I think, um, Ornaments and decorating and little trinkets of the holidays are a big one for me. But interestingly, I'm still adding a lot of that stuff new to my own house. And I enjoy kind of like decorating my house in a way that's new to me. But I find that I kind of gravitate toward the things that remind me of how my house was decorated as a kid. So that's like the the decorations of Christmas are very much tied up in memories. And I also think about that with my kids. Like we have a little nativity scene that is not quite plastic, but it's also not quite high end. It's kind of like, um, like a cheap ceramic, um, like Mm -hmm. a Hallmark store type, you know, and the wise man's head fell off years ago, (laughs) years ago. And I super glue it on every year. And I've, every time I, you know, get it out, I think, Oh, it would be really cool to have kind of an artsy, like a grown up nativity scene. Um, and we also have the, the little people, Fisher Price, little people one too. Um, but something about the wise man with the broken head is tied to memories of my kids almost playing with those, playing with the nativity set as if it was a Playmobil or a Fisher Price mm-hmm. set, like they'd move yeah. the little people around. And and so it comes out every year. And so for me, I, I think it's really the decorations and the memories are really tied up together. They are. And I wish I had more of that from when I was a kid, but I do have the same stuff that I've had since Jacob was a baby. Yeah. And every year pulling that out is really important. Like there are certain things that I'll never get rid of, even though I don't put it all out anymore. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there are things that stay in the box, but I look at them every single, every single holiday. Yeah. So, and then uh, photos for me is a, is another obvious one. I think I, my, I started having babies in 2008. I got my first real smartphone camera, I think in 2010. So most of my uh, parenting life. And I know you've shared that this is different for you because you go back farther, but most of my parenting life has pretty decent digital photos and they're all in Google photos. Um, so they are easily searched. I mean, I can type in Santa as a search and I will see every Santa photo that we've taken. And I, I do love to do that kind of look back thing where you're thinking, Oh my gosh, I've been a mom. I guess this will be my 12th year, my 12th holiday as a mom. So photos and videos and 
kind of re-experiencing those is another, is a big one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely for me, the photos, um, like smartphone photos were not a thing until Clara was a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, so with all the other kids, like I had like really cruddy digital cameras and I'm, I'm saying phone cameras, but like I'm using like air quotes because when I look at those, they're so grainy and awful. They don't really count. Um, but those photos, a lot of those do live online someplace. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of them are still in my Google photos, even though they came off, like when William was a baby and Owen, there are a lot of those digital photos did end up in the cloud. So it is fun to go back and just look at them. Yes. Yeah. So do we have some specific tips to offer then for capturing those memories that we're making this year? I mean, they're not memories yet. They're just happening, but they will be memories sooner yeah. than you'd think. Yeah, I, I have I have many a tip. But I think what you just said is a really important distinction. Like we were sold this line at the holidays that we are, quote, making memories like you're not really like it's not a memory until you are a little bit distanced from it and can look back and remember it. So really what you're doing is is what we talked about in the first two parts of this series, which is you're noticing and you're appreciating and you are living your life as a family during the holidays. So I think we can take the pressure off a little bit of like, there's nothing, you're not a filmmaker. You're not producing a product. You are literally (laughs) just being a mom at the holidays. So I do memories are like a byproduct. Yes. And and it won't be memories till next year or till 20 years from now. So um, that said, a few specific tips. I mean, I am a big fan of photography. I would call myself an amateur photographer and it's a it's a hobby of mine. It's something I love. Um, But one tip I would give to moms who don't consider themselves great photographers is make sure you're capturing images that tell the story of what your life is like right now. So that could be a sink full of dishes. That could be, um, you know, a baby nursery with toys on the floor. It could be your kids in the bathtub. Um, Get quick and kind of almost not precious or unceremonious about getting out your phone and taking a photo. And, um, you know, the, the post photo ops, the Santa's lap and the tree lighting and, and the tree decorating are wonderful. And you're, you're not going to forget to get your camera out. I don't think probably like those happen themselves, but don't forget to take little slice of life photos that you might not even be sure what you're going to do with later. And honestly, I think about an entire generation forward. Like one Mm. of my favorite things of looking at old, old photographs is looking at what was on the kitchen counter and like what was hanging on the wall. And so don't forget to take the pressure off yourself to post it on Instagram immediately and add a filter. Just make sure you have some evidence, some photo evidence of what your life is like. We don't, we don't have to worry about wasting film anymore. You've got the right. Ability. You've got endless yeah. bandwidth band yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then if on the technical side of that, just my opinion, but I would turn the flash off on your smartphone camera. And I would also, if you have live photos with an iPhone, a more recent iPhone, I also disable that live photos feature. I think the quality, the raw quality of the images you're going to get um, is better. And you will have more choices about what to do with them later when we talk about, you know, things like photo books or slideshows or whatever. So that's just a little technical tip. And the live photos take up a lot more space yes. um, on your camera. I figured out that out the hard way because I used to kind of like having, I thought that I liked having different versions of the same photo, mm-hmm. but I actually found it very confusing. <laughs> and <laughs> like, it, it cannot it, play well sometimes with other editing things that you uh, might okay. do later. Yeah. The files, the file type is different. Now you, I might get pushback. There might be some of you who really rely on the live photos. Actually, my sister, when she sends them, they're, they're like short videos, right? So I get to see like a little bit of a baby giggle in the live photo. So I can see maybe some benefits, but I turn that off. Um, yeah. So in addition to the photo capturing, um, I think also just having a really simple notes file on your phone, like titled something like, I want to remember this and, and just practicing 
the simple act of writing down something you want to remember. Um, Mm. Going back to our noticing and appreciating, this is something I wish I had done more of. And, you know, you and I, Megan, are writers and we've been professional writers. And so I think sometimes that gets me stuck in just writing down a Mm -hmm. sentence or something cute my kids said. So I'm, this is me giving advice on something I didn't do, but just have a, have a little notepad or a little notes file on your phone and don't worry about what's going to become of those notes. Just capture them. I love it. Um, And then my last one is, I know we're a little biased because we work in podcasting, but record (laughs) audio as much as you can. And and sometimes recording audio could actually be video because the video might be handiest on your phone, but um, could always be extracted later. And, you know, conversations with your kids have with their grandparents, or if you are lucky enough to still have great grandparents and older generations, um, and they're telling stories, I mean, think of yourself like a, like a journalist, you're, you're Mm. collecting these, uh, this evidence of the life you're living right now. And it is going to become next year and next generation's memories. And some, there's something about audio and voices that is so powerful if you still have it a generation later. That's so true. And I will say um, both of my parents have passed away. And so whenever whenever there's like any opportunity to hear their voices, Mm -hmm. like it could just be like the background in a video that was taken 25 years ago or like I think my brother still has like my dad's last voicemail to him. And like just hearing that, it's like it gives you chills because there's something about someone's voice that is just so like, it's so embodies them yes. more so that it adds something a photo cannot, or right. even a video. It's just very different. I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, I'm also really glad about the days when I was blogging regularly and writing essays and I still do. I write little mini essays on Instagram now, um, less about my kids and more about my life, but it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be a mommy blogger mm-hmm. doing it professionally or something for that for that to count. Um, you mentioned Twitter, like my Twitter used to also be tons of stuff about my kids and like funny things they said. And sometimes I'll go back and look at the old tweets or like mm-hmm. when, um, I don't use time hop, but when memories, yeah. like my Facebook has a lot of funny things about mm-hmm. my kids and I'll just take a moment to like, go, oh, what was happening on this day five years mm-hmm. ago? And at Christmas, there's just more, because I think I just have more stuff to say yeah. at, during the holidays. And so more stuff comes up, but yeah, there's lots of, there's lots of ways to, to, to capture those things in a really casual way that you'll still be glad to yes. go back and look at later. Yes. Yeah. Um, so then Sarah, it sounds like what you're saying is just focus on ca- just grab the memories in the moments you've got them and then do something with them later. I, I think that is what I'm saying, especially if we're talking to moms going into this holiday season. Um, really it's about, finding simple and practical and easy ways to capture writing down, taking a photo, taking a little audio, maybe saving a ticket stub or a program from a concert or something. What you do with them can come later. Maybe it comes in the days and weeks after Christmas. Maybe it comes five years ago. I honestly have a bin of things that I would love to turn into a kind of baby book for my children who are 11, nine and six. And I actually, it doesn't bother me because I honestly think I could still do it if I wanted to. And if not, I still have a bin and it's in a yeah. fire safe bin. Um, one thing we've got on our side is that technology is really helping us. We, you and I both mentioned Google photos, which keeps getting better in the way that you can search it and organize it. For example, I made a photo book a couple of years ago for my mom's side of the family from 
slides that had been scanned in and then I uploaded to the cloud. Um, and I was able to gift my mom and my aunts with these beautiful books, but I couldn't have done that if someone hadn't gotten out the camera in 1959. You know what I mean? So like the thing you do with it could be a whole generation later or a few weeks later, but it, it can't happen if the photos, if it wasn't captured. If it wasn't captured. Yeah. And I, I would add to that to make sure that you moms are in the pictures yourselves because yes. it's an easy one to be the documentarian and to forget to put yourself in there. And um, your kids will want to see evidence of you in their childhood at some point. So have you seen that? Um, I don't even know what I'd call it. It's not a meme. It's like a collection of photos going around of women posing by Christmas trees from like the 50s and <laughs> no, 60s. No, but I love it. It's amazing because it's all these women. Most of them are probably someone's mom and they're just like posing on these mid-century sofas with, you know, their eggnog in hand or whatever by a Christmas tree. And like in all stages of frumpiness and bad fashion decades and just they just look like real people. And someone took that photo and that woman got in that photo. And how often was that not the case, you know? And so especially now, I think it's gotten worse now because mom is the one with the phone in her hands. There's yeah. not even necessarily a camera like lying around right. for other people to pick up and take a photo. It's yeah. like you, you hold all the power it's in your phone. So yeah, definitely take a moment and make that happen. And then one day our kids can make fun of our bad hair and our bad fashion. I mean, it's really their right to do. It so. is. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, think, I mean, you brought up that we're the ones with the phone and this is not to, you know, say anything bad about Instagram because we use it and we love it, but there's this weird phenomenon now where we almost feel like if it's not on Instagram, it didn't happen. Um, and I yeah. have fallen into this myself where something big will happen, but I'm too busy and I don't post about it. And then I never, it's almost like I don't go back and look at the pictures. So right. I guess that's something just to be, uh, just to be aware of because um, it's great to like share what's happening in real time. And it can be a great way to keep in touch with faraway family and all of that, but it's not quite the same as, as capturing and preserving memories. In fact, I right. find that the things I share are not necessarily the, the same things I look back on and, and kind of feel that nostalgia about. It's, it's two different things. One is a real time, like this is my life. And the other is the preserving memories and there's some overlap, but they're not necessarily the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. And I, I am better about that. I think in that I'm very able to take lots of photos and never post a single one, but then I am bad about losing them. Yeah. They fall off my radar. It's like, to me, it, I'm still glad I have the photo. It's just that I always think, oh, you know, at some point I'll get around to making a book out of that or something. And, and I often don't. And, and actually, when I made my chat book, book last year, I had to go through. I had to kind of first I pulled all the ones I liked from Insta. And there was mm-hmm. a reason they ended up on Instagram because yes. I liked them the best. Right. And they were the, the, the photo that looked the best composed or caught the moment. But that didn't have enough. Yeah. So I had to go through my camera roll. And I was so surprised by how many great pictures I had that never saw the light of day. Yeah. So that is kind of, it's sometimes it's nice to have like a little, like to force ourselves to to have some action around it that makes like kind of forces our hand to pull out stuff from the archives. Agreed. Okay. So in that light, you know, it's one thing to go back over the last year. That's Mm -hmm. easy. But what about 10 years from now? You want to create something from old memories, but these are 10 to 20 years down the road. They're important, but like, how do you even get started? Like, where do you find them? <laughs> what do you do, Sarah? Help me. Yeah. Well, okay. So first I want to mention that we've got a blog post up on the momhour.com today with some more technical and specific tips and ideas for this. Um, but I also think it's important to kind of broaden our definition of what it means to curate memories. We started this episode talking about things like 
the stories we tell over and over again, or me getting out my box of ornaments and having one in there that I colored with crayon when I was two. So I think um, memory curation can look like a bunch of different things. And it doesn't have to be, like I said, this produced documentary that looks professional. Um, Well, a couple of things I want to offer is that videos are getting easier and easier to string together. I, I actually like that Instagram stories has Um, trained us all to think in 15 second clips. So it's actually pretty easy and really satisfying to take, for example, one season's worth of video clips and string them together using iMovie or another program and exporting it to YouTube. It can take, you know, 10 minutes to do all of that and you've got something. So I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is something is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that memory collecting and memory curation sometimes looks like um, taking this year's holiday cards and tucking them away with the decorations so that next year you open them up and look through them before you decorate. Like, I think it's this more fluid dynamic process than we sometimes give ourselves permission to engage in. Yeah. And that's something I've done for a long time is take the holiday cards that I don't, you know, old, old holiday cards that people send us with their kids photos, those always wind up in my holiday bin because I'm not going to keep them on my fridge forever, but I don't want to throw them away. So they just kind of go, they get um, put in the bin. I do that with a lot of the kids old artwork and stuff like that too, that maybe isn't going to get hung on the fridge this year. Um, There's not room, but that doesn't mean I want it to go away forever. So it's just in there. It's just, sometimes it's just a minute of looking at it. Like curation doesn't have to be like you said, a product or Mm -hmm. something that is sold to other people. It's not for other people. It's for us. Um, so sometimes it literally is just a collection of things that we sift through once a year and that gives it the the weight it deserves, I suppose. I totally agree. And there, there are lots of other fun ideas. And so we'll round some up in, um, the blog post at the momhour.com. But I, I do think kind of expanding that is, is helpful. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, this has been really, really fun. Everybody we're so happy that you listened to this special series. Um, it's fun to bring you all some I don't know, content in a slightly different way, especially around the holiday. Maybe it's nice to kind of just consume it in smaller little chunks. Um, So it's been really fun to do. And thanks for listening. And thanks again to our sponsor, Chatbooks. If you don't already have the app on your phone, download it now and watch for their upcoming sales on holiday cards and photo books. Those sales are actually kicking off early next week, but you can start assembling the book now and then just wait for the sale to kick in and purchase the book. If you're actually listening to this a little later in the season, no worries. You can still order photo books and use express shipping and you'll get delivery by Christmas all the way up till December 17th. That gives you some time. So again, just download the Chatbooks app or find out more at chatbooks.com. Oh, and if you do make a purchase, make sure that you mention the mom hour when they ask you how you found out about them. Yes, please do that. And thanks to Chatbooks. And thanks everybody for listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed this series and feel ready to head into the holidays this month. We will be back with you this coming Sunday with an all new More Than Mom episode. And then again on Tuesday with a regular episode. We'll talk to you then. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. 
go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E R I K A dot A P P, and use code the mom hour to save 20%. Megan, you know what I love about our partner, the Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of the Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour.